joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor, and we've got another great show lined up for you today. Have you ever tried to live your own path and felt like maybe it just wasn't working? Or maybe there's times that you know you were living for God, you were living in his plan, and it just felt like smooth water on an amazing day. Friends, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about living for God. And I cannot think of a better person to come in and have this conversation with us than DeForest Phelps. DeForest, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on, Deb. I appreciate it. I'm really excited to be here, and just thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and DeForest, we should tell people, (laughs) you and my, like, the way that we connected is nothing short of God's (laughs) divine appointment. Like, we're talking multiple phone conversations, uh, you switching communities, which we'll get into uh, later, I'm sure, in the show. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is God's divine appointment that you are here today. I have absolutely no doubt about that. So thanks for being here. Well, thank you again, Deb. And like I said, you know, I just, um, you're right. You know, we've, we've gone through some, uh, I won't say challenges, but just some, you know, some phone calls and <laughs> trying to connect and things like that. And just seeing how God worked it all out. This, is, this has been amazing. So yeah. I appreciate you, again, you having me on the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the perseverance for sure. So DeForest, let's go back to at what point did you really know or become clear about the fact that there is this thing called God, there is this thing called a plan, there is, what, at what point in your life did this really just start to become real for you? So, you know, I can go back to my college days, you know, I'm, a, I'm from the state of Washington, which is a, you know, West Coast, a little bit away from the Midwest, but I can tell you more about that a little bit later, but um, I was in college, and, you know, I was, well, let me just give you a brief history of my story, just really brief. Um, I was a high school athlete, you know, I did well, uh, was able to receive a scholarship to go to Western Washington University um, up there in Washington, Bellingham, Washington. Um, and my coach, who uh, Brad Jackson um, at the time, he was recruiting me. Um, and during my junior year, he offered me a scholarship and all these amazing things happened. And, you know, so this is before I knew the Lord, but at the same time, I saw how he was working in my life. You know, um, I could look back and see how he was working in my life. And um, when, once I received that opportunity, uh, the part of me that changed a lot was uh, just identifying myself as an athlete, not identifying, but identifying myself as who I really was. And so basically, um, my coach, um, a strong Christian man that he was, that he is still to this day, uh, he pulled me aside and just talked to me, you know, and he asked me, you know, do you, what do you know about God? What do you know about, you know, the Christian faith? And I, I had no idea. You know, I knew my grandmother <laughs> had went to church quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, grandma goes to church and, yep. you know, things like that, you know, but he just kind of, kind of guided me. He didn't put any pressure on me. He just kind of guided me and watched me from afar. And he saw how my personality and who I was as a person was changing from when he recruited me as a 17 year old, um, 16, 17 year old junior in high school to now this 19, 20 year old in college. And he saw how that, that, um, change happened in me. Um, once, once I got a taste of like success and college atmosphere and all the stuff that comes along with that. And then so basically it was just me just being, you know, listening to what he had to say. And he invited me to Promise Keepers and I gave my life to the Lord. And there's a lot more to the story, but just for <laughs> purposes, I'll try to keep moving forward because I get kind of tonguey. So anyhow, um, so I just knew in college and then as my life went on and I graduated and I saw how God started guiding my life and the miracles he was working in my life and just seeing the things that he brought me out of, not what he brought to me, but what he brought me out of, mm. and really just inspired me to really want to get back and just 
preach his word and, and just know that he's real and that he's a, he's a God of love. He's a God of just, he wants the best for all of us. Like he wants the best, the absolute best, you know? And, like, and even if we don't know him personally, um, he still wants the best. Like I was just mentioning before I knew him, he was still guiding my life. So, you know, as always, but at the same time, you know, I really just embraced and my love <laughs> and my appreciation for him is so great, you know? And like I said, I just have, um, everything. He's my foundation. He's my rock. He's everything, yeah. you know? And so that's, yeah. that's how I know to answer your question in a long, yeah. no, <laughs> well, roundabout way. And yeah. I love what you're bringing up about your identity, because I think this is so mm-hmm. common for all of us, whether our identity mm-hmm. is as an athlete or as a business right. professional, or right. you know, we could go on and on down the list. But when mm-hmm. our identity is not in Jesus Christ, it makes mm-hmm. all the difference. Like once we mm-hmm. put that identity for ourselves in Jesus Christ, it completely shifts everything for us. Yeah, and it's true. And that's and that's the thing. And like I said, you know, you have to think about the world of collegiate sports and think about the world of professional sports, you know, and then the challenges that come with that. You know, your your life is kind of amplified, you know, from a worldly standpoint. And so you're in the news media, you're in you're playing in front of thousands of people, you're you're doing all these things that people, you know, can see, you know, so you're not a very private person, you know, you, you become a public person. And so with that said, you know, and again, I played at a division two school, so I didn't, <laughs> didn't have the, you know, the, the, the big time college atmosphere, but at the same time, that, that small world can dictate your life and you can become, you know, kind of transfixed in that and thinking that that is your um, identity because people always say, Hey, great game or, Hey, I saw you play last night or you were on the news or things like that, you know. But again, when it comes back to just being quiet and alone and you're with God and you just got, you know, God, God, my life, how, how can I glorify you? You know, those are the things that are important. So you could take that platform and go, okay, you know what? People want to get to know me, well, then you can get to know Jesus as well, you know. Yes, and so, me. you know, so I'm going <laughs> to, so if you ask me about who I am, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to be very bold in that, but at the same time, come in love and, and come in a way that you can still relate to me, you know, and at the same time, understand when you walk away, if you, if you didn't accept Jesus, if you can kind of walk away and say, okay, I can understand what the force is saying, you know, when it, when it comes to who he serves as his God, because the basketball stuff, the, the, the limelight, that's, that's, that's fading. And that's, it's, you know, at the same time, Jesus is every, he's forever, you know, yes. so Amen. I stand in that. So I enjoy my conversations like that. And, and, and believe it or not, most people are receptive to listen. It'd be amazing. You'd be amazed at how, <laughs> how many times people have like stopped and kind of listened, you know, yeah. and, and really took it in. So, so like, I, like so what you're doing on the show, Deb, you understand. Yeah. yeah, I believe you a hundred percent. I just had one of these conversations actually today with someone <laughs> and I think sometimes we make up that people don't want to hear or we can't open that door. And I actually believe that we are living in a world that is so hurting right now that people are looking for hope and we know about the hope of Jesus Christ. Why wouldn't we want to share that with people with love, with compassion, with mercy, right? Like there's that piece of it. So. You're right. playing basketball, Division Two school. Mm-hmm. T- take us mm-hmm. through the next steps of your life, because obviously it, it doesn't stop yeah. there. Right, right. So, you know, just going, like I said, I was in college, and I was, you know, I, I fell into, like, the college atmosphere, which is, you know, which is great. And I think, you know, um, there's goods and bads. You know, you can fall into the, the side that's not so good, the sinful side, and, and things like that, you know, which, you know, when you're growing and you're, you're maturing, you kind of test the waters and things like that. Um and like I said, I saw my coach, he saw me kind of dipping 
in the wrong waters, I guess, you know, and kind of go in a different direction. And so when he talked to me, you know, again, very loving, very, you know, caring way, it really opened my eyes to see, you know, like, wait, maybe I'm not living the life I should be living. So when that happened and I went off to college and, you know, I was successful there, um, graduated, had a chance to go overseas. I went to um, New Zealand. Um, I was down in Tasmania and played professional ball there for two years. Um, and that was great. Great experience. Um, again, a worldly experience. And I say that only because, you know, I, I was away from home. And so everything that I was kind of grasping as a, as a 20, 22-year-old, <laughs> 23-year-old um, was now you're playing professional sports, you know, in a different country. And now you have all these different things coming at you. So um, I had to really, you know, buckle down and make a decision, do I want Do I want to continue doing this? You know, do I want to continue or do I want to give back? And that's what my heart kept coming back to. Like, gosh, before it's like, I love playing basketball. You know, basketball carried me a lot, you know, carried me a long ways. And I loved it. I love it. And I still, to this day, I still love it. Um, but that's not who I am. And it's not what God made me to be. God's like, okay, I gave you this platform before us. Now, how are you going to serve my name? And how are you going to, you know, and so, you know, I'll guide your steps. And so when I just became obedient and was like, okay, God, what do you, what do you need me to do? So, the, you know, I put the basketball down and I picked up my Bible and it was just like, hey, you know, how can I spread the word? You know, how can I help, you know, young people? Because that's always been my passion. So I knew I graduated from college. I didn't have a hard time getting a job. So I went into teaching and record. Oh, let me back up. I'm sorry. I went into recreation. Um, and it was great because I got to, got to work with a lot of at-risk youth, a lot of kids who didn't have an opportunity to you know, don't, you know, to kind of see the world in a different way other than what's in front of them, you know, mm-hmm. and so really have an opportunity to, um, you know, mentor and, and have, you know, just great relationships with families and the kids that I worked with and building mentoring programs and building up different things to help these kids graduate and, and get through life and see life in a different way than what's in front of them, not, not the stuff that can lead them down a the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how God started using me and that's how he's been using me since, you know? Um, and like I said, working with the high risk youth, working with, um, families who were struggling, things like that. And things that, you know, I can, I can relate to as a kid because that's how I grew up. And again, my story is, is a challenging story, you know, growing up, you know, but at the same time, seeing what God brought me through, um, and now being able to give back in a loving Christian way and seeing these young men and women <clears throat> who are, um, you know, maybe not having the best circumstances for themselves, you know, and God's giving me resources and giving me opportunities and giving me a heart to really help and give back, you know. And so those are the things that um, God has done in my life to, to, to minister and to give. And, and that's all I'm about, you know, yeah. you know, and I don't want to sound like I'm perfect, so I'm not. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that just giving back and really understanding, you know, the need of people and what it is and showing them that love of Jesus and it's just amazing, you know, and, you know, changing lives and things like that, you know, so they can go and change lives. You know, I'm just planting seeds, you know, Absolutely. and hopefully, you know, that's what it is. So. I love, yeah. I love what you said. I put the basketball down and I picked up the Bible. <laughs> that is such a great, and I love the fact that they're both B words too. It's like, yeah, right? it's like the one B goes down, the other B comes up. I, right. I also love what you said about, it wasn't necessarily what the Lord brought me to it's what the Lord brought me out of 
for DeForest, we've got so much more to talk about. We're going to take a brief mm-hmm. pause to thank our sponsors, but we are speaking with DeForest Phelps. We're talking about living for the Lord's path. We're talking about what does that look like. We're speaking with DeForest Phelps. This is Deb McGregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. We're going to be right back. We're going to take a brief pause. Don't go anywhere. We have so much more to come. When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 First Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. Can you imagine getting a text right to your phone that is all about joy? Every Friday, I send out a joy note. This is a message of encouragement, contemplation, insight, and more. If you want to receive a joy note right to your phone, text the word joy to 218-248-6556. I look forward to sharing more joy with you on a weekly basis. Let's build a community of joy. Realtors Noemi and Harry Aylesworth are happy to share they are now affiliated with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice. Serving all of your real estate needs in Bemidji, Bagley, Black Duck, Cass Lake, and surrounding communities. They are dedicated to finding you the home you deserve. Whether you're selling or buying property, they will serve you with honesty and integrity. You can expect a better real estate experience. Life takes you many places. Let Team Aylesworth, Noemi and Harry of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice take you home. This is Deb McGregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. We are speaking with DeForest Phelps, and we are talking all about living God's way. Welcome back to the show, friends. DeForest, going into the break, we were talking about picking up the Bible, not the basketball. We were talking about what God brings you out of, not necessarily to. And you started working with mentoring youth. So I'm curious about this obedience piece. How do you listen for the voice of God to know what to do? Well, you know, it's... um you know, God never, he doesn't give you a voice. He gives you like a prompting, I guess. I don't know. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that you just know when you hear, you know, um, when God moves you to do something for his will and for his purpose, um, that's the Holy Spirit that moves you. And so, like I said, for me, it was definitely understanding that there's things in this world that can easily distract, you know, that can easily take you away from God's purpose. And so, when I feel that tugging, you know, like when I feel that, like, okay, I'm not, this isn't serving God, or this isn't something I should be doing, you know, that's when I have to go back and go, hey, you know, not even go back, but just go to and say, God, what what do you, what do you want me to do right here? You know, um, and so those are the promptings. Those are the things. It's just having that relationship and having that understanding of who Jesus is and just having that, you know, embracing it. And so I, I accept, you know, the, the good, the hard, um, the things that may not be what I want, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's the right things, you know, yes, so those are the, those are the, those are the things that I say what God brought me away from or brought me out of, because like I said, you know, I, I'm a very, um, I, I, I like things, you know, I'm a, <laughs> you know, I, I like going after it and getting it and, and doing the right things. But at the same time, I like to have, 
um, people enjoy those things that I can probably bring to their lives or I can, you know, whatever God blesses me with, I want to share that. And so those are the differences. If it's me saying, okay, I want to do this, then that's not listening to God by no means. That's me wanting to do that, you know, whether I feel like it's right or not. So if I want to, and I'll say this the right way, if I want to go buy my daughter a car, I'll just say that, right? <laughs> okay, that's a good thing, you know. But I want to ask God, God, is this the right thing? You know, is it good for her? Is it good for, you know, and it, and it may sound something, it may sound kind of cheesy, but it's true. Like, you know, like, I don't know if that car is going to be good for my daughter or not. But at the same time, I want to give it to her, <laughs> you know. But if, if God has a blessing behind it, you better know it's good. You mm-hmm. know, you better know it's his will. And that's where I know the difference. Yeah. You know? Amen. Uh, well, there's a discernment piece there that I think this is one of the biggest things people probably hear me say this a lot on the show is mm-hmm. it's the discernment piece. Mm-hmm. And to mm-hmm. have discernment, we have to be in relationship with the Lord, because when we're in relationship, we know the voice, right? We know the voice of the shepherd. Yeah, we know yeah. what that is. And I, I love how, you know, everybody gets it in a different way. My son talks about this, the still, he, he's like, the, he gets this little still thing, like this little still voice. He just, he knows the voice. And I said, that's because right. you know the voice of the shepherd. Like, it just is, you know? So you continue on this journey. Obviously, God starts bringing you into other places and starts expanding yeah. the work he has you doing. Take us to some of those different places. Yeah. So a lot of it, like I said, as, as my career went on, um, I was in I was in a recreation field, you know, and I think a lot of people think recreation is probably like, you know, like fun and games. But I was able to um, go into and this city of Tukwila, which is in Washington State, um, and I worked for that the city department of recreation, um, it allowed me to have an open kind of a blank canvas to create mentoring programs and create, because um, we worked, in, let me back up, so we worked in, two, we worked in a, a very high-risk community, um, and a lot of the kids, it was a very diverse community, and I loved, I loved it, a very diverse, you know, kids from different backgrounds, um, but it was not a very, it was a very poor community. Um, so the community center offered, you know, free lunch programs, after school programs, different things like that. So the kids can come in and be a part of that. Well, if they're coming in, I want to give them something more, not just, you know, obviously food and, and warmth and things like that and, you know, clothing if needed. But what more can we give, you know? So I wanted to create <clears throat> educational programs. I wanted to create uh, mentoring programs. I wanted to create things for the family so they can go back to schools and, and receive their GED and things like that. And so I was able to do that working with the local mayor um, and create these programs through the recreation department, you know, because we, we have the facilities, we have the room to do these classes, and we were able to hire our own teachers and do all these different amazing things. Um, and so I saw God bless that. And then going in um, later on into teaching, um, I got into the school district, so I started teaching. <laughs> as a behavior and academic interventionist. So I wasn't a, a, an original classroom teacher in a sense of a, a math teacher or a science teacher, um, but being an, um, an interventionist allowed me even more room to work with the kids directly. Now we have kids coming in who don't want to be in school, who don't want to have, you know, any structure in their lives, you know, who want to do what they see on TV or what's in the streets and things like that. And I was like, no, just, you know, so how can I create an environment so kids want to be at school? They want to come, you know, things like that. Well, think back to when I was a kid. What made, what was my favorite teacher? Who was my favorite teacher? You know, <clears throat> what did they do to make me their favorite teacher? And things like that. You know, what was the caring and the love that you gave, number one? You know, mm-hmm. um, and kids want to come to your classroom. They want to be at school. They're excited to see you, you know. Um, and that's all the work of Jesus. And then 
you know, I realized, okay, a lot of these kids are coming to school hungry. You know, they don't have a lot on their plate at home. So it's like, okay, so I connected with the local, <laughs> the local um, um, Safeway. And I don't think they have Safeway up there, but it's a local grocery store. <laughs> and basically um, just said, hey, any extra food you guys have, like donuts or muffins or whatever, you know, and I explained who I was. And, and the guy was incredible. He was like, hey, I have a bag for you every morning. So every morning before work, I'd go and I'd grab the donuts and the muffins and come in. If I would have them ready for the kids, you know, and I would have 20, 30 kids flock to my classroom to eat, you know, and I'm like, okay, so this is an opportunity for us to fellowship and talk and, you know, and these kids were excited to come to school because they have food in their stomach, number one. Now they can learn. Now they can listen, and they don't, they're don't. they not such a problem because, you know, a lot of the problems that these kids have are just their conditions. It's mm-hmm. not because of their behaviors, you know, so I had to learn that and see how God really worked that, you know, and allowed me to have that opportunity to do that and work with these kids. And like I said, most of those kids that I've worked with for like five or seven years, you know, they went on and they graduated, you know, they have families now, and it was just an amazing time, you know, and I saw how God worked that out, you know, and I'm, I'm continuing to see how he's using me to minister. Like I said, I, I think he's using me as a seed planter, you know, in a sense of when we talk about, you know, when the seeds fall on the path or the seeds fall on fertile soil, you know, and I'm hoping I can just plant seeds yeah. for these young kids and, and families and things like that. So, so yeah, that's the exciting thing of it. And like I said, I just let God use me the way he wants to, you know, and, you know, he's given me so much, you know, I just want to continue to give back. Yeah. And that's, that's where I stand. And I love, what I love about this is like, you're stepping up, man. Like, I love this. <laughs> you know, you saw a need in the community. You saw what these kids were going through. And it's really mm-hmm. hard for kids to learn if they don't even have those basic needs met, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these, this is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that you took an initiative and you just said, hey, we're going to figure this out. And and I love that you, you're fellowshipping with these kids in the morning and you've yeah. built up trust with them and you've built up confidence and belief. That's the thing I wrote. It's like belief. Like you yeah. have a belief that you could make this happen and, and you knew that your source was the Lord. Like it was all yeah. coming from that source and you just kept listening to say, hey, we can do this. Hey, we can do this. I love that. Yeah. So obviously God then starts taking in and, you know, we're not, I mean, I feel like we should do like a whole nother show just on the whole next step (laughs) of your life. But at some point you started taking some other moves and then you realized, no, wait a minute. I think I'm, I need to come back here. Right. Right. And so, um, and so we'll go through that. And then so COVID happened and, you know, we all, you know, it's it's a worldwide pandemic. And I think, you know, that put everything on hold. Um, What it did for me um, and my wife, we decided to kind of go, okay, let's just really look at what we're doing. Um, and we're in Washington State um, at the time, and we just felt like, you know, is God moving us? Like, what's, you know, so we just had to really listen. And when we decided uh, to move from Washington State back home to our, not back home, well, let me say it's right, my home. It's not my wife's home in San Diego. My, my home is here in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> um and so we decided to move back to Omaha, and we decided, like, hey, let's take a leap of faith, and let's just, you know, we, we have an empty mess. We can, we can kind of do this now. And, um, and so we took a job here in Omaha. I don't know if I – at Boys Town, you know, your, your listeners might be familiar. So we took a job at Boys Town, um, and, you know, we, we kind of took that on our own accord, you know, but it didn't, it didn't work out the way we wanted it to, and nothing against Boys Town. They're fabulous. They're fantastic. Um, we just felt like, man, you know, our ministry is going in a different direction. And then an opportunity to come, <laughs> to come up there 
to Bemidji, which is my, and I, I received my dream job, you know, as, as, so I thought as, as the head men's basketball coach at Oak Hills Christian College. Um, fantastic people, fantastic environment. Uh, wow, you know, and I was just, I was enamored, you know, when, when I got the call that, uh, you know, I was accepted for that position to, to do these things. I just felt like, wow, I, I'm in heaven. I'm a college basketball coach, you know, and, and again, I felt, you know, um, really strongly about that. <clears throat> uh, the flip side of that is that it became about me. You know, again, once again, it became about me. Um, again, I, God put down the basketball for me to pick up my Bible so I can save lives. So we, I can, I can not save lives, but I can share his, so I can share his story. Um, and you would think that being a basketball coach at Oak Hills, at a Christian college, I can do all these things and I can, you know, um, and so what kind of, transpired was just never feeling grounded. You know, I, I didn't feel like God wanted me to be in that position. And, and it may sound crazy to your listeners right now, but it was definitely um, kind of just not what God had planned for me because I, I felt like I got away from the, 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 the students and the kids that I was working with. You know, when you reach a collegiate level, I think a lot of times I was trying to get my kids to the collegiate level and then when, once I got there, I realized I wasn't really needed for, for ministry. I was, I was needed for basketball, you know. Mm. And so that took a little bit out of me because my passion is ministry. My passion is, is you know, um, basketball is what I know. I, I, you, I, can, I can run a 2-3 set. I can run all these different sets. I can run a full court. I can do all that stuff. But, you know, it won't mean a thing if, you know, you don't have God in your life. You don't have, like I said, going back to how I was in college and my coach took me in and he told me, he said, my most important job is to make you a, a good man to force and, and a man of Christ. This is what he told me, not, not being a better basketball player, not being a, you know, and so I think I felt like I was kind of, like I, 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 I wasn't needed. I'm not saying the kids didn't need me. I'm not saying the school didn't need me. I'm not saying, I just felt like spiritually, there's so many more kids that I got to go back and grab and just embrace and just go, okay, come on, you know, and whether it's college, whether you go in the minute, whatever you do, just see something bigger. That's, you know, see the number one, see the Lord. If you can see the Lord, if you can see Jesus through me, praise God. You know, if you can't, if you can hear anything I say, that if I plant a seed, it's okay. You know, yeah. all I want to do is just keep giving back. I don't, you know, so like I felt, I felt like, you know, at, at Oak Hills, again, great, great community. Like nothing, nothing bad to say. I just wasn't in a place of just being a basketball coach. You know, I just felt like there's more I have to go back and do. Amen. You know, it's like that movie Hacksaw Ridge. I don't know if you saw that movie or not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was like, I have to go back and get more. Like, I have to go back. And, and that's the that's the blessing. That's who Jesus is. That's, that's who he made me to be. And so it doesn't mean, again, I'm far from perfect. What yes. I'm saying is that if, if I'm obedient to what he's asking me to do, even when I don't want to do it, because, yeah, I would have taken that job and ran with it. You know, I would have, yeah, you know. But Amen. hugging in my spirit wasn't there, you know. DeForest, the we, <laughs> you have so much more. No, I know there's so much <laughs> where we can go on. Unfortunately, yeah. there's the time. Exactly. I I love absolutely what you're saying. And what I really hear you saying is you have now picked up the Bible again in place of the basketball. And there's so much more to come. Will you come back yeah. with me another time? Amen. Yes, I will. Okay. Yes, I will, Amen. <laughs> 
DeForest, we want to thank you so much for joining us today because it's very clear that God is guiding your path and he is definitely having you pick up the Bible again. Um, Thanking DeForest Phelps for coming in today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanking Philip Elke for engineering today's program. And we want to thank all of you for listening and remind you to go out, live, share, and lead with joy. This is Deb McGregor. This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.